the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Everybody, good afternoon. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. It is uh, Friday. Great to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We are rocking and rolling. The buildings are shaking and all kinds of stuff here in Los Angeles. And I don't even know what that means. We're rocking and rolling, except that the buildings are shaking. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sunday is the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll do some Open Line Friday, by the way, to a couple of things. I know there's a lot of things on your mind, and we'll take your calls for that here in a few minutes. Sunday is the Super Bowl, and, you know, we've talked about how opportunities like the Super Bowl, even if you're not really interested in the game, there's a lot of people who are still going to go watch the game, or you're going to hang out at somebody's house, and you're going to be in a Super Bowl party, and I think that's a lot of the fun of it, right, is whoever you get to hang out with and do all of that. And what my encouragement for you, if you are a Christian person, is to be strategic with that in the sense that you may have opportunities that you don't expect from a discipleship standpoint, right? Discipleship is a lot more than just, hey, sharing your faith, you know, and having those opportunities. It involves relational development and getting to know people. And that's something that you do and having conversations just about who you are and what you enjoy and becoming friends. And at some point when you have relationships with people, you share your spiritual beliefs. What do you believe about God? What are those kinds of things? And, you know, sometimes the the church is out there and we often say, you know, oh, invite your friends and do all of that. And uh, that's all fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that most people who come to salvation come to salvation because they are in a relationship with somebody who's already a Christian. And it comes through conversation and prayer and a whole lot of things before maybe they actually do go to church with you and, uh, or maybe they just receive Christ on their own or in, you know, uh, in a small group somewhere. And sometimes it might even happen at the Super Bowl because in, you know, something we're going to see, and we've seen some of this already, is there's a lot of Christian players who are playing in the Super Bowl. And there are also, commercials now that you're going to see in the Super Bowl, and I want to draw your attention here to that. And we have a guest here who's got, we're having some technical, we have some technical problems, so we're going to get to him here in just a minute. But you've you've probably heard about He Gets Us, and maybe you've seen those ads before. And one of the reasons for those ads is to begin and help you have that conversation with the people in your life who need to know the Lord. It's to help develop the conversation. See, because the the truth is about it is this. For 2,000 years, the way Jesus has built his church is actually through relationships with people, through, you know, if you're driving right now or you're listening to the show at home or you're in your office, you know, how did you, and you're a Christian, how did you become a Christian? Put your hand up if you became a Christian because somebody told you about Jesus who was close to you in your in your life. Maybe it was your parent or your grandparent. It could be your sibling. It could be a close friend. It might be a coworker. But you know what? Right now, 90% of people listening who are Christians have their hand in the air, maybe more than that. 
The way that Jesus grows his church is through relationships with people. Lots of people like to call us your oikos relationship, right? It's your your group of people in your relational world. This is where discipleship is made. And we spend so much time talking about you know, evangelism and sharing the faith, and that's fine. But discipleship is really what we're called to do, which includes that other part. But it's it's highly relational. And, you know, some of you are Christians because you picked up a track somewhere, or some of you are Christians because you had an experience, or I know people who just read their Gideon's Bible in a hotel room and got saved. And I know people who, there's amazing stories. I know a guy who got saved because he he rode his bike into a, a it was a ballet studio, actually, didn't ride it into it. He stopped, and he needed to use the restroom, and he walked in there to see if he could use the restroom, and the owner shared Christ with him on his way out of the bathroom, and he received Christ. And it's an incredible thing. And we, we love those stories, right? I mean, they're, they're fun to hear that, and it's amazing to hear how God uses that. But the truth is, is that most of the time, that's not how God does it. Most of the time, nearly all of the time, that's not how God does it. He does it because you hear about Jesus from somebody you know, or somebody you know takes you to church, or somebody you know is involved. So that he gets us a uh, group. And if you want to look at it, it's hegetsus.com. They put out some advertisements, and uh, they sound like this. Here's an example. Here's an example. A caring man took a walk. Everywhere he looked, people suffered. Anxiety ran high. Hope dwindled. Hatred rose. His neighbors had lost trust in the system and in each other. I need to do something, he thought. I'll bring them together and feed them. Around the dinner table, they can talk and see how much they have in common. Shared struggles. Shared joy. Shared pain. So he prepared a feast and invited all into his home. But some refused to sit at his table because they chose to only see differences. He was heartbroken because he wanted everyone to eat and be filled, not with food and wine, but with compassion. And the idea there is you are drawn to a website, hegetsus.com, and you begin to understand what are the things that Jesus taught. And it drives you into the scripture ultimately. And, and part of the purpose of this is you could do it by yourself. You can get into the videos and then there's actual Bible studies that you can get into. You kind of work your way down into it. But a lot of this also, and I'm telling you this because in the Super Bowl this weekend, we're going to have one or two ads. We'll find out in a minute. I think there's one or two ads from this group. He gets us. And part of the purpose is to help you with your friends and family or whoever you're gathered with have a spiritual conversation. And you can say, what do you think about that ad? You know, how did that make okay, you think, thank you. you know, about spiritual things or about things that are absolutely true? And it's a great tool. It's a it's something that has worked really well for a great many people. All right. Now, with me to talk about this is Ken Caldwell, and Ken Caldwell is with the He Gets Us organization. Uh, Ken, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, it's great to have you here, Ken, and uh, welcome to the show. Sorry we had some technical uh, difficulties there, but... Uh, you know, it's really glad to have, we're really glad to have you. Yeah, nice to be here and spend some time with you. Yeah, Ken, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have an interesting story uh, yourself about your life and uh, how God has brought you through some very difficult times. Yeah, it's um, true. God's plan is, uh, I think, always different than our own plan. Um, yeah, I grew up and uh, uh, got into the, uh, I always kind of had a real uh 
real interest in innovation and growing things and marketing. And so through that was attracted after business school to the um, to the the restaurant space and uh, actually worked uh, places like pizza and Domino's and uh, creating new products like stuffed crust pizza. And wait, you uh, created stuffed crust pizza? My t- yeah, my team that I led was in charge of creating that and then testing it and then rolling it out nationally. You know, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna race home and tell my boys I had a guy on the show who invented stuffed crust pizza. Well, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Got to eat a lot of pizza too. So which did is you guys good. start from the back and the the crust, or did you start from the front? How did that work out? <laughs> hey, you remember the commercial very well. Oh yeah, sadly <laughs> I do. And so, <laughs> pizza crust first. That's exactly right. Well, I am um, so you know create a lot of different new products, whether it was stuffed crust or baconator at Wendy's or pepperoni lovers, meat lovers, a bunch of them. Wait, and, uh, the baconator. We have, you know, this. there's a whole – we're going to talk about He Gets Us. It's far more important than this. But uh, I didn't realize, you know, we had a uh, we had a food superstar on the program here. You should have your own show. <laughs> well, it was it was just – I really enjoyed that part of my career and, and, uh, and just, you know, innovating new products and testing them and bringing them out to market and watching just how much people love them. Um, and uh, – but I was, I was also getting involved in marathons and triathlons. And uh, was training for a triathlon one morning on a training bike ride on my bicycle. And uh, a woman was going to work, uh, and she was going about 50 miles an hour coming the opposite direction. And she fell asleep at the wheel and uh, lost control of her car, came across the center line and and hit me head on. And I was going 20 miles an hour in the other direction. So at a 70-mile-per-hour impact, um, it ended up. Uh, you know, multiple fractures, uh, 12, 12 fractures, nine of which were compound and took me into and rushed me into intensive care. Uh, and through nine hours of tra- trauma surgery, they almost lost me. Um, but God had a different plan. And over the period of three weeks in intensive care, uh, two months in the hospital, and then another two and a half years in physical therapy, I just saw God answer prayer after prayer after prayer. And I'd been fortunate to have been born and raised by parents who were Christian and in a Christian home. Um, But I would argue, I would say that at that point in my life, I had the the knowledge of God, but I, my, my heart, uh, I don't think was as soft or my, my hands, I called my faith, the the way I was, I was uh, applying and using my faith in my life. Um, God was still working on me, still working on me today, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so he really got a hold of me through that accident. And when you, when you're, when you have so much doubt, you have, um, there, there were three different specialists I went to across the country, uh, who would say things like, uh, you're not going to run again. You, you're likely to lose that left leg, or you probably will never use that right arm again. And that was over a period of 14 months before I, I got the use of my right arm back and just, my prayer life, I mean, I, my, I would call it this intimacy with God, just just praying through the day and through the night, day and night, day and night, day and night, and uh, just watching his His love and his grace and, 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 and this peace that, that I gained from just um, walking with him in that intimate way, which I had not prior to that. And uh, it was through that, that, that I got that closeness with God that, that I was like, how do I how do I live this out? How do I use these gifts that God's given me uh, for their highest purpose? And while serving others in the restaurant business and serving franchisees and customers and my team members, uh, there's great value in that. Um, God really called me to 
a bunch of different mission groups and ministries, and one mm. of them was Compassion. And I started to sponsor a child at Compassion International, and uh, through that, learned about them, and that led eventually to me uh, answering a call to come work for Compassion International, which I did for a little over six years as their chief marketing officer and chief innovation officer. And uh, I learned a ton about uh, poverty uh, through that experience. And yeah. and while you know, I think going into it, I thought poverty is all about uh, is all about the financial piece and the educational piece. I think the piece I I, I had a lot to learn on was how devastating spiritual poverty is, not mm. not knowing Jesus Christ um, and not having that hope. And uh, so that really is what when 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 the t- team at He Gets Us called me and asked me a couple of years ago to actually uh, help consult and work with them on this effort uh, at He Gets Us to uh, invite others in and to invite anyone and everyone, no matter who your faith is, to come and explore the story of Jesus and using the power of media, using the power of media to get the word, to get the story of Jesus out to as many people as possible. Mm. I thought, wow, this is, <laughs> I get to use the innovation and the marketing things that God has, has, has blessed me with over these years and get to use it to, to tell the best good news story the word, world's ever heard, that- uh, the story of that is a great story, and, you know, and obviously you were just prepared super well with tremendous success uh, in the restaurant industry and all of that. And to you know, I think you're right with Compassion International being a part of that or other mission groups. You see the condition of the world, you know, obviously physically, but also spiritually. And you know, it's there's a lot of people whose lives have suddenly been changed by some kind of accident, like you had. Um, and some people haven't figured out why that is. Some people are are embittered by that. And I think that's part of the ministry that you have with uh, He Gets Us and what's happening. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do now. I have that you're the chief executive officer of an organization called Come Near, and then you're also now doing this uh, marketing for uh, for He Gets Us. So tell us how this works to really reach people where they are in a world where there is so much suffering. Yeah, we uh, Come Near was formed and we just formed it very recently. Uh, and it's a independent organization with an independent board. It's a, a nonprofit 501 C three. And the, the purpose of come near is to lead and manage the, he gets us brand. And so we, we built this, he gets us brand over the last, uh, little less than three years, about two and a half years. And, um, what he gets us is all about is just that open invitation anyone to to share that that love of Jesus that confounding love of Jesus with them um and to use the power of the media to do that and so come near serves as the the group that manages and leads that overall he gets his team to do that and what's been interesting is uh to your point earlier there in in the world today you can tell there's just a, a craving a real need i see a particular around the world but in the united states as well of people just seeking uh, joy, mm. seeking peace in yeah. their life, and not finding it, and and maybe maybe all the kinds of distractions and the typical distractions that are out there, finding out that that's that's not where it's at. And so we feel like the time is particularly ripe right now to to be able to share um, the true good news and the, and the story of Jesus and how He loves, seeks out hurting people, and uh, and 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 loves us. Uh, unconditionally and, and, and sharing that. And we've, what's interesting, when I say uh, a kind of a craving for it. 
Um, actually, we just in the last year alone, uh, he gets us our videos mm-hmm. been shared and viewed 3.7 billion times. 3.7 billion with a B. With a B. Oh, that's and, amazing. And so it's it's what, what you're what you're looking at is when you think about that, it's like that's people. Um, thanks to he gets us over the last year, people have sat down and watched a video about Jesus over 3.7 billion times. Hmm. And um, that's what I think is possible through the power of media. And not only that, we've got over one and a half million visitors to hegetsus.com each and every month uh, that are coming in to see this. And now over 65% of all Americans are aware or recognize he gets us. And so we feel like the importance there is we first want to make people aware of he gets us and of, of Jesus mm-hmm. and want to make sure, have them engage and be interested in Jesus, lean forward and want to learn more. Yeah. And, go through. and then we feel like we're a gateway, um, a gateway, a connector, a hub to help connect those folks to go and learn more, whether that's through a Bible reading plan or alpha group or through a local church, but how we can, uh, help people on their journey yeah. to learn about him. There's a lot of opportunity for that. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Ken Caldwell, and he is uh, involved with the He Gets Us ministry. You have seen those, and you have something coming up with the Super Bowl. So tell us about the Super Bowl ads and how people listening can leverage those and help the people uh, that see them, their friends and their family, who they're going to sit and watch that with. Yeah, you're exactly right. We have got uh, this weekend, Sunday at Super Bowl, we, uh, it'll be our second year in a row. We will have uh, a heat, two He Gets Us ads in the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll have one uh, that will run in the first half, and it will be all about introducing – last year we introduced Jesus and told the story and th- some things that people didn't know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. This year we want to talk more about what Jesus did. And so we're, we're going to start to go and introduce uh, the second kind of chapter in this in this uh, campaign, which is loving your neighbor and best example ever of loving your neighbor, Jesus and uh, how he, he loved. And so we're going to introduce that idea of, and the way Jesus particularly humbled himself um, and said, I, you know, didn't come here to be served, but rather to serve. And, you know, Jesus, even in the final uh, days of his ministry before the, before the crucifixion, how he, emphasize certain things to his disciples yeah. and his followers and how he emphasized, Hey, love, love everyone. Even those that may disagree with you, even those that may deny you, even those that may betray you, mm-hmm. love them. We just have them. a couple of minutes left. So um, people are going to be able to watch this and you would encourage people then to uh, take the, ask people, you know, what'd you think of that ad? And then you can direct them where, if they want to know yeah. more. Yeah, if they want to know more, hegetsus.com is a, a great source to go do that. And it helps them with tools and resources so that they can uh, have those conversations yeah. uh, at, at a deeper level. And I see here that uh, you're in all the socials, too, because that's where a lot of people live now, right? They're just spending, they're going to watch the game, but their face will be in their phone, maybe on some of the socials. So maybe people can direct people to He Gets Us during the game when those ads come on. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'd also encourage people, too, to obviously go out and, and try to live that example too in serving. We'll be this weekend, we'll be doing a neighbor event where we're serving uh, uh, over 1,500 kids and their families here in the local Las Vegas area who are in an underserved community hmm. and providing them with food and groceries and giving them a chance to meet some NFL players. And um, so looking forward to that this weekend as well. 
All right, hegetsus.com. That's the website everybody should uh, know. You should check that out uh, today and just be be ready for that, especially if you have friends uh, or family at the Super Bowl party that you're going to uh, that uh, are not expecting a Christian ad or an ad about Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's not, these ads are, are meant to make you think. So they're not just information. It's something that is meant to make you think emotionally and to connect. And uh, you guys have done a great job with this, Ken. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And I want to thank you for uh, joining us on the Pastor Scott Show. Well, thank you. God's blessings to you. You too. Ken Caldwell is my guest. He's with He Gets Us. Go to hegetsus.com and watch the Super Bowl and wait for those ads and use them for the people in your life. And maybe you're somebody who's struggling with your faith. You're not really sure. You've had a similar situation. You're not sure why something has happened in your life and you're looking for a place to start. Hegetsus.com. That'll get you started. A lot of resources there. Ken, once again, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. All right, everybody, we'll be back as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Ken, thank you for being uh, with us. I apologize for the whatever technical problems that we had there getting started. No problem at all. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, appreciate your interest in this. Very yeah, much. and uh, we'll we'll connect, you know, with uh, Ed or somebody with you guys afterward and kind of see what people, uh, you know, people's response. I think that's kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they told me this is your first radio interview. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> what, what? You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It is Friday, and that means... Open Line Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And on Fridays, we, you can change the subject. You can call in about something that you couldn't get in later earlier in the week. You know, we had some busy days. Maybe you didn't get your call through. You can bring that subject up again. Maybe you got a question about the Bible or a spiritual question of some kind. Maybe you have a comment about the news, question about there's nothing going on in the news. Is there right now? Can't think of anything important. Now, there's plenty going on right now with all of that. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. There was an earthquake at uh, about 147, magnitude 4.6. Now they're saying from, uh, I've seen Thousand Oaks and I've seen Malibu, but all in that area. Hey, did you feel that earthquake? Give us a call, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Uh, Jose, did you feel the earthquake uh, that happened? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I was sitting here and Wilbert's across from me and we're just like, oh, earthquake. And uh, kind of rumbling a little bit. But, uh, you know, here in uh, L.A., depends on where you are, right? Because I was just talking with somebody else and they said that their, their parents live in... Uh, uh, Oxnard area, and the stuff fell off the shelves, right? So if you were near that, there must be places where it was pretty good. Colin says he was in his car and you didn't feel it at all. What about you? Well, you were sitting there. I watched you uh, when the earthquake happened, Wilbert. Uh, I looked right at you, and then I spoke to you, and I asked you, should we tuck and roll? Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, and I said, no, no, no. not Only if stuff's fallen down. You know, Look, There was a second, okay? There was almost a uh, you know poster that fell off the wall around here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I have been in so many earthquakes, honestly, now. It sort of doesn't phase me. Um, in fact, I remember the, the last one, 
One of my favorite ones was in college once. I went to UC Riverside, and it was shaking pretty good. And somebody who had just – it was the beginning of the school year. We are in the dorms, and somebody who had moved here from Minnesota and was not enjoying California, she sprinted down the hall screaming and saying bad words about how she hates California. And she did that during the – the whole building is shaking, and that's what she was doing. Um, 888-528-2557. Did you feel it? Did it affect you? At this point, I don't think we have uh, any terrible uh, damage. But if things are falling off the shelves, you know, there's the potential that things happened out there. Um, you know, it's, at some point, maybe you, you get under something or you get – I think that getting in a doorway is no longer the right move. I think they decided that what you're supposed to do if you have a really big earthquake – is you get under something sturdy or you lean against a a secure bookshelf or something so that if the building collapses, and you can call me and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but if the building collapses, what they've decided is that the people that they find alive are the people who are underneath basically a triangle. So you're you're leaning against something firm that's going straight up and then something collapses over you, but it gives you a space. And so things might collapse around you, but you have that little space in that triangle, if you understand what I'm, I'm trying to describe here. And uh, so that's what we're looking at. I got calls here, but uh, I'll try to get them. They keep, are, we, are we good there? They keep dropping off. So, uh, you know, you never know. When it might be earthquakes happening uh, everywhere else. My, I called my family. They didn't. Christy... And uh, she didn't feel it. And uh, she's closer to it than I am. But uh, she felt nothing. Uh, we felt it uh, pretty well. 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. Carolyn and Carson, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott. I'm so glad that clears it up because at that time I was, uh, it's a two-story house. It was downstairs by the furnace door and the coat closet. And I, okay, yes, I do have an elevator at home, elevator. And I'm hearing a sound only. A, 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 I've never heard a sound like that. Mm. So I said, oh, I wonder what's, uh, you know, the new heat. And so then when you heard you guys announce the earthquake, I said, oh, that's what it was. Because I opened all the doors around me. And, you know, I didn't see anything. So that, it was so bizarre. And I've been in California practically all my life, been through a lot of earthquakes. But it was no movement, Pastor Scott. It was just like a rumbling you of, just heard of the sound tissue of it. paper. A tissue paper. Yeah, of, of, of equipment, internal stuff was rattling. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it kind of depends, I think, on where you are. I'm, I'm sure that line of sight is the wrong term. But, you know, if you're on one side of the mountains or the other. I saw one report that it's in Malibu and the other one that it's in Thousand Oaks. I, I think they eventually they, they navigate that. But you just might be in the line there in Carson of where it, it's going to hit specifically and somebody five miles another direction may not know, may not feel it at all. Right, uh, yeah. right. So what's the biggest earthquake you've ever been in? Oh, uh, okay. I was out of town for the Northridge, so I only heard about that. Oh, yeah. But um, mm, I said, "You said what is that? Something that was huge. It woke us up in the dormitories. They have cement walls, and my pictures are hanging bang, bang, bang against the wall because we had to evacuate and everything. I forget the year, but that was huge. And all day long, as we walk in the class, we get a little trumblings, and everybody kind of squirms around. Uh, yeah, trumblings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad everything's okay for you. Thank Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, 888-528-2557. It's a 4.7 earthquake, and if you're nearby that, that's not, you know, it's definitely noticeable. Like uh, some people have said that some things fell off the shelves and things like that. Uh, Biggest one I've ever been in was, I want to say the, it was the Big Bear one, or maybe it was centered in Indio. There was one day where there was two in the same day, 
There was one, I think, at 5 in the morning and one at 7 in the morning, and they were actually two separate quakes. And they were pretty big. It's just that one of them happened where the epicenter was in the middle of the desert and really there wasn't a lot of damage or people out there. And then the other one was in Big Bear, I think. So they suffered some damage, but it just wasn't as bad as a number that big would seem like. But I lived in Palmdale at the time. And the best part of this story is my sister, I guess I can tell the story, you know, she lives out of state. What are the chances she's listening? Well, she was dating a guy that we didn't really like much, none, okay? And he was this big guy, and he was a professional athlete, and I'll leave it there. And uh, we didn't really like it too much, and he was over at the house. This earthquake, this particular earthquake, picked the house up and dropped it. Like, imagine the whole house just lifting off the ground and slamming. You know, sometimes you have the, the rolling earthquakes, and those. You, if you've been in enough, you know there's different ones. This one was just bang, 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 bang. And it was pretty scary. But the best part is that this guy was so scared out of his mind, he spent the entire day with his head, like, between his knees, sitting in a chair. He couldn't even move. I enjoyed that way too much as a protective older brother. All right, 888-528-2557, 888 Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Uh, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Who's this? Hello? Hello. Go ahead. Hi. I don't, Hi. Ha- I don't have Hi, a name Pastor down Scott. there, so I, I didn't know what Hi. to say. Hi, Pastor Scott. This is Salam. How are you? Oh, Salam. Okay. So, Go ahead. Pastor Scott, um, first of all, I want to say thank you for letting me in. Uh, in the Bible, as you know, it says, where were you when I was hungry, thirsty, uh, all that stuff. You probably know where exactly right. in the Bible uh, how can we, as a Christians or believers, cannot be united to love one another and serve those who really need us? Mm. How can we allow allow all these people uh, on the street in Los Angeles or in the rest of the United States? What's wrong with our society? Why yeah, don't we serve one are, another? Those are really good questions. And you're talking about, you know, we have so many people suffering and so many people out on the streets. Why aren't we better at taking care of them? Yes. Right. Um, why can't we united and defeat the enemy? Yeah. Uh, I you don't know, understand. I'll what tell you. Right. I'll okay. give you a couple of reasons. Okay. One of them is that we're a country that is rejecting God, and when you do that, you will reject the people name you know in His image. In fact, something, and I think this might be turning around a little bit, but there's a philosophy in California and other states that says you don't want to encourage recovery. You know, so that if you're getting money from the state and organizations like that. They won't give you money if you require sobriety when you're helping people. Now, that's changing a little bit. I just read a story about a hotel in San Francisco that is now being given the right to require sobriety. So there's a lot of really bad policy that comes from our politics. And then I think there is another step, though. I think that politics aside, you know, one of the things that's a problem is I think we rely on the government to do all of it, and the the government is not going to be the best at this ultimately. The no. the church is going to be the best at this. And mm-hmm. what I would recommend is that everybody take a look at you know wherever you're living, find the the Christian homeless program, and support it. Support it financially. Support it with your uh, volunteerism. And the more people who are involved, the more people can be helped. And this is something that all of our churches can do together uh, to help. There's another problem. There's a lot of people who 
it's very, very difficult to help them. Uh, they have mental illness that's severe, uh, you know, drug abuse that's severe. Uh, there's a lot of other problems. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who can be helped. And what I would, what I would suggest to you, Salem, Salem, is don't get discouraged, but do whatever it is you can do. Because all you can control is what you can do. So you volunteer. You invite your friends to volunteer. You serve the people that God puts in your walk. And and I think that's and then pray that more and more people do that wherever they are. I think there's an opportunity for the church to do great things, uh, even greater things. And the church is doing great things. You know, imagine what the problem would be like if there were not churches doing things. I don't think people realize how much money and volunteer time is coming out of churches actually already. It's major. It's huge. But there is more we can do. Uh, don't but be discouraged. There is a there is a like a disconnected uh, disconnect. The system is messed up. The yeah. state, the city, the county oh, yeah. is it's, not working together. You're right. They're not, and it's because they're. And we've talked about it on the show a lot. They're they're not pursuing recovery, and they're not pursuing policies that require people to get better or that help people get better. It's a. It's called. If you want to look it up, you can look up harm reduction or yeah. housing first. And those policies, in my view, don't work. I think we know they don't work. But somebody's making a lot of money because we're spending billions and billions of dollars, billions of dollars yeah. to help a very small number of people. We could do better. I got to go to a break. Thank you for your call. It's such an important thing. 888-528-2557. Jason and uh, Henry and Linda and others, I'll get your calls when uh, we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. Did you feel the earthquake? We had it not too long ago. Follow us on social media and watch us right at Pastor Scott Show, and you can watch us at kkla.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Somewhere I took away my uh, special uh, special open line Friday aboard and I just found it. Open Line Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, and uh, let's go to Jason in Ontario. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Thank you for taking my call. How are you doing? I'm good. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, brother. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, my question is really about um, Ephesians 5.11. Um, which says that we should have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And um, really my question is this. I've had a lot of conversations with other believers I know, as well as my girlfriend, and there seems to be uh, some uh, misinterpretation or some divide in terms of um, some people perceive my um, my uh, enthusiasm for um, sharing uh, um, false teachers and or things that are dark um, as being critical of other people. And so I kind of was hoping you could help me navigate that. What, um, what's an example? You said like sharing false teachers, um, like you, you as, post something online that says this guy's a phony. As, as an example, it might be something like that, or I might uh, make a comment to my girlfriend about something I heard about, um, someone recently who's teaching or um, uh, um, completely behind something 
um, demonically influenced and is wanting to spread that. And I will share these sort of things with her and other people. And her response oftentimes is, well, we shouldn't be critical of people. And I, I try to mention to her that, you know, although we shouldn't judge people, um, clearly the Bible gives us examples that we should bring things that are dark to the light and we should expose them um, that other brothers and sisters wouldn't be deceived yeah. or um, wouldn't be naive of these things. You know, I think that uh, there's obviously a lot of different things that uh, might be said there, but when you're exposing something, is it something that, you know, from a person that you personally know, or it's because you heard something or one, you know, one thing that maybe somebody did? Um, so, so as an example, recently the, um, recently the Pope um, recently came out and said that he's completely behind um, uh, that he's completely behind uh, same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. and which you know. So I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about that, and said, "Well, you know, I um, and there's people obviously who support him, and you know, I I love people and want to approach them in love, but at the same time, I feel like okay, if I'm sharing that with other people, how do I go about sharing something like that, which is clearly unbiblical, and do it in a way that's bring it to the light and not in a way that's critical or judgmental. Okay. Uh, well, in, in this case, are you Catholic? Is your girlfriend Catholic? Uh, no, she used to be, but she's, she's an evangelical Christian. Okay. You know, one of the things I would do with that, you know, with those kinds of things is, is I don't know that we're called to always, uh, you know, hammer away at somebody, but you can have a conversation that says, I don't think it's right that he did that. Um, and okay. I think in these, in that case, there may be in Catholicism, sometimes things don't mean what they mean. And I've noticed with this Pope and I'm not Catholic either. Right. So uh, I'm Protestant because there are things I protest, right. About, uh, Catholic mm-hmm. teaching. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason there's multiple, you know, Christian denominations in Protestantism is because Protestants protest each other on different things, right? Uh, unfortunately, we mm-hmm. have some division. I think it's more important that you you make sure that you have a biblical view on those things and that you stick to it, and that if it's, you know, somebody who has a global, you know, presence like the Pope and who's on the news, it's a little more worthy of talking about, probably. If it's somebody that you know, you know, personally or a smaller time pastor or something that you don't actually know about, uh, maybe it's more important to just say, you know what, this is what I think the Bible's true and leave room that maybe you don't understand where that person's coming from. Does that make sense? You know, to say, you know, and to be, to be gracious. um, But that doesn't mean that you compromise what is true. Uh, and this Correct. this thing here, you know, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it said, wake up, sleeper. And you keep on going. But see, the next comment in verse 15 is be very careful then. So this is the instruction. Be very careful then mm-hmm. how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then it gives instruction to you in your life. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So I would, I would really work on being filled with the Spirit and what that means and developing mm-hmm. yourself. And that gives you credibility then when the time comes to say, I think that what is happening here is evil. You know, or we're going to stay away from that. But also to recognize that 
you know, Jesus got accused of associating with evil because he had, you know, lunch with the taxpayers or tax mm-hmm. collectors and stuff. So there's, it's not saying that you need to just, that your role is to, you know, call everything out. And maybe your role is to call out stuff in personal relationship with people you know and be humble enough to realize that you're not perfect either and that Jesus died oh, for right. every one of us because uh, we're, we're all falling short on something. And that's a great point that you make because Paul talks about walking circumspectly and always examining yourself. And I completely agree with you, Pastor. I think really my heart is is just I have such a desire in my heart to just um, really um, I, I feel so heartbroken when I see people uh, being led down past that um, uh, being led down past um, not being aware of um, where some people might lead them. And so I think my concern is just I just feel like there's a lot of people that are being led the wrong way. I know the Bible talks about yeah. um, many will be deceived, even if possible, the elect. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where my concern comes from. But I completely yeah. agree with you. And I super thank you for your uh, for your insight. All right. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate your calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Yeah, it's a, you know, we should be the light of the world. Sometimes that light is meant to shine around the people in your relational world. That's why Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about your your light shining uh, to your household or the people in your relational world, not just people in our context who live in your house, but household then meant your coworkers and your classmates and the people that you do life with. And But there are some issues in the world today, like even back then, where you maybe you do comment on what a world leader says or a you know, religious leader um, in a certain way, and you say, I'm not sure I agree with that because of the Bible. But you got to be very careful in all of these circumstances because the trouble that anybody gets into when we call something out as evil is somebody can look back at us and then say, yeah, but you do this. And they might be right. And, you know, it gives us an opportunity to take it back to the cross to remember that Jesus died for all of that. But at the same time, you do want to be you do want to be compassionate because people, the thing is about sin is we don't get to define what that is. It is what it is. And sin always destroys whatever sin touches dies. And so you don't want to remain silent when there's sin everywhere because it is destroying people. A lot to say there. You got to do it in a loving way though, in a, in a wise way. I think that's why, I think that's why Paul talks about wisdom in that area. All right, 888-528-2557, Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Henry in Compton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, hello, uh, Pastor Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Real quick, um, your your program, I think it was Monday or Friday, when you spoke about uh, Planned Parenthood and you put that clip on about the uh, that they were in the classroom and they were telling the young girls about their virginity and yeah. how it, and how it's a made-up it thing. mean nothing. Right. Yes. First of all, I'd like to know where can I get that clip. And secondly, I'd like to let you know that it provoked me. Um, I brought it up to my uh, pastor's attention, and I, I, you know, I, I told him briefly what I heard, and uh, I suggested to him. I said we need to make sure in our in our church classrooms, um, make sure that we confront this to our 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 kids in our in our church, you know, and our parents, so that they're aware. But I'd like to know where can I get that clip? Yeah, you can get that clip on the Planned Parenthood YouTube page. Okay, there's a bunch of stuff right. on there that you'll see that's geared towards children and teaching them about 
really wanting them to have all sorts of sex with each other. We're talking about little kids here. And you have yeah. to realize that the way they stay in business is unplanned pregnancies that they can terminate. So there's a, there's okay. another motive here. And the other thing that you should do in your church is you should be paying attention to school board meetings, like sending people, going, being involved, because it's there's all kinds of crazy stuff that's taught in the classrooms or that's in the libraries. And I think there's a lot of people who think uh, it ain't real, uh, but it's there. So uh, check it out. Uh, you can find that, that that clip you're looking for at Planned Parenthood YouTube. That's where we got it. Henry, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Linda in Ventura, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. <coughs> Hi, Linda. Oh, yes. Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm good. Did you feel the earthquake? Yeah, that's what I was calling you about. Yeah. I thought I, I, thought I was going crazy because <laughs> I, <was in, laughs> I was in my car, and my car shook. And I didn't see anybody else's car shaken. And I went into the building, um, the store, and asked them, do they feel an earthquake? And they said no. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing. Uh, you know, because I called my wife, and she didn't feel it, and she was a lot closer to it. But And I felt yeah. it pretty good, uh, pretty far away. But I think there's there's reasons, you know, in the so geologists would be able to tell us why that is probably. But you're not crazy. There was an earthquake, and you're in Ventura, so you were pretty close. <laughs> yeah, and I have my card here. About yeah. Isaiah forty one ten. All right. Hey, we're almost. <laughs> we're, then, I'm, then, I'm, I want to tell you something. Real quick, right I'm about, about out of time. You're, you're right about not being under the doorway. You have to be under the table. You know what I did? I looked that up through a in a break that you're no longer told to be in a doorway. In fact, that can be a, the worst place to be. You I gotta, called it. You got to be under a table, and you got to be someplace where you are in a situation where if things fall on you, uh, yeah, you will have space to breathe. And uh, appreciate that, Linda. I guess it goes back to a time when the only thing left in a house might be your doorway, but that's not the case with modern buildings. Uh, Pat and uh, others, I see your calls. Uh, Chance and others, we'll get to them when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast of the Pastor Scott Show by looking for the Pastor Scott Show on your favorite podcast app and clicking subscribe or follow, whatever that button is. And you can follow us right now on Instagram, X, TikTok, and Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.